coming live, it's a sports-based broadcast. Tuning in to the Points Made Podcast. Coming live, it's a sports-based broadcast. Tuning in to the Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Where points are made. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of Points Made Podcast. This is episode seven. My name is Chris. This is the co-host, my homie, my partner, Amir. What up, what up, what up? How you feeling, partner? What's up, man? I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Really good actually. Um had a vacay, came I, back. Yeah, just came back from Miami. So, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling kinda uh light. So how have you been? I know. Well, I know you haven't had as good of a week man, as Man, I, I got had. that vaccine. And that joint got me, bro. It got me good. But I'm 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 good now. It's um I'm not gonna lie, it made me a little uneasy because I got the Johnson and Johnson, and then like a couple of days later they said that they're the pulling it off out. the shelves. Mm-hmm. So I got a recall vaccine. Um, kind of uneasy, but you know I'm gonna take the necessary steps that the CDC said, and I'm just gonna try to be safe. You know, kind of leave it in God's hands at this point. But I'm good now. You know. I wanted to say something about that real quick because. I've had the virus before, and mm-hmm. they said people who had the virus that get the vaccine has been kicking their tail. So I'm not really trying to get that thing right now. Just oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it'll be like heightened symptoms because it's like your body's building antibodies or something like that. That's what they were saying. But and and people was asking me like, did you have COVID and like not know? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. But what? my symptoms only lasted like maybe 16 hours. Most. Oh, okay. So would you sleep through most of that? Bro, I didn't even sleep. Like, I got the vaccine Saturday evening, and then, like, I started to feel like I got hit by a bus by, like, 11.30 midnight, and I, like, did not sleep. Had fever, chills, all that. It was not fun. It was not cute. But, you know, we good now. We live and well. Live on Fox 5. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. Yeah. So, bro, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, it feels like the last episode was, like, a month ago, because we just got... It was just so much stuff, like... I know we usually try to balance NFL and NBA, but the NBA is probably going to take over the show because it's just too much going on. So let's just let's just start things off. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge announced his retirement early this morning um, after only playing five games with the Nets. Um, also had a 15-year career, of course. Um, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Um, Blazers all-time rebounder and third Third leading scorer in Blazers history has over nineteen thousand points. You know, he he got he got some accolades, but only averaged thirteen five and three with only five games with the Nets. So, I mean, you sent me the message this morning. I saw it on Twitter. It was it was wild. No one expected it. Initial reaction. Give it to my, me. My initial reaction was like, wait, is this is this real? I was like. It's just kind of hard to believe because he just signed with Brooklyn, what, not even a month ago. So it's just, it was really crazy to see this. But he's been dealing with this heart issue for some time now. Like, this is, he's been dealing with this, I think they said, since 2006. Oh, wow. So I did, I did not even know that. Yeah, he has. So this um this most recent occurrence he had with it um, a couple of days ago, he said, was probably the worst one he's ever had to deal with, which probably gave him a sign that, it was time to put his health first and and call it a career. So, I mean, he was. We all know Lamarcus Aldridge was a great player. I mean, from starting in Portland, where he was, 
He started off a little slow as a rookie, only averaged nine, but then immediately that next year he took that jump straight up to 17 points, and he's been a perennial all-star since then. I mean, you know, his, mm-hmm. his last couple years he started to decline a little bit, but that's that happens with age. He was a he was a really good player at his peak, um, all-star caliber player, all NBA second team a couple times. So, you know, he's had a great career and, and him calling it at this time is is the best decision for him and you can only respect that because at the end of the day your health comes first your health and your family and that's what he's looking out for now so hats off to him he had a great career yeah for sure um but obviously this is going to leave um a big hole i guess to what the nets thought that they were getting when they signed him what is you know we just saw and i'm I'm gonna take it back because you know it's been a week since we recorded but um you know, the Nets played the Lakers on a Saturday night showdown. The Lakers came out victorious. Um, Andre Drummond had his way in the paint with LaMarcus. So that just leads me to my next thing. What does that mean for the Nets as far as, like, you know, rim protection? Not saying that LaMarcus was that person, but, you know, just that additional player to help with the carousel that is KD, Harden, and Kyrie not playing every game together. I don't know. It's really crazy because it's starting to seem like the Nets are less and less of a super team. The more you watch them, the more it's like, eh, this team can be beat. And I, I saw that course, with, yeah. with with the Lakers game, plus them not playing together. They played, I think, seven games or nine games together, something like that. They don't have any chemistry. Blake Mm-mm. Griffin has come in, and I'm not going to lie to you. Blake Griffin just isn't – he's just not impactful anymore. I've given him enough time, and it's just the same thing. It's it's eight points here, four points here. He had uh, two points, I think, in his last game. And then he's taking time off. Like, he's been been um, playing a lot this season. I don't know what that's all about. He hasn't – you took time off in, uh, in Detroit. They weren't playing you. I don't know why he needs time off in Brooklyn. He should be trying to get his reps for the playoffs. But right now, he doesn't really look like he's impacting the game too much. One game, KD's in, but Kyrie's out, and then James Harden was in consistently, but then he goes down. So it's like every they're just shuffling the cards too much. You can't really get a good feel for your rotation come playoff time, and and I don't I don't like that ingredient. I mean, I don't like that mix. And then you look last night they did play the 76ers, and and Joel Embiid just destroyed DeAndre Jordan. He just destroyed him. There was nothing he could do. 39 and 13. If you saw that game, you know that Embiid did whatever he wanted. He had 39 or 37 to three quarters. He toyed with DeAndre Jordan. So DeAndre Jordan's not guarding him in the playoff series. So I think the Nets are kind of in a position now, come playoff time, where they kind of just need to neutralize the others. Like try to sh- shut down Ben Simmons. Try to make sure Seth Curry had is is not affecting too much. You're not going to stop Joel Embiid. They have no answer for him, and not even None. close. So now you just need to limit what everyone else around Joel Embiid does. Make sure Tobias Harris isn't getting clean looks. That's who you should try to neutralize because Joel Embiid is going to have his way. Neutralize the others and try to outscore them. I don't see that's going to – and that's the thing. I don't see that happen. The only way that the Nets win is that if the opposing team keeps up with their offense and or shuts down that offense. Defensively, Mm -hmm. I don't see the Nets doing – they show no promise defensively from the top of the season to now. Um, None. I don't know where their ranking is defensive, defensively wise, but I know it's not good because even just even yeah, it's, it's take 20s, the it's 20s. take the numbers out of it, just watching with the eye test or just even looking at the scores um, against each opponent that they play, they allow a lot of points. So I 
I don't, dude, I don't, I don't know. And then super team, you know, everybody made everybody nervous. But like you said, the chemistry is not there because they're not all playing at the same time. It's always one is out, one is out. And granted, it could be because of injury, but rest is also playing a factor in this. Personal time is also playing a factor in this. Um, Mm -hmm. James Harden coming back, you know, off injury, I don't see him taking rest. I, I, James Harden's the no. type of dude that's going to play. He play I don't he's see playing. Him. He played every time when he could, but he right. tried to come back off the hamstring and aggravated it, so he had to sit back down. Yeah, so, like, and KD not playing last night was just a huge question mark to me. Like, I know he's on minutes restriction, but he played 30 minutes the night before against the Timberwolves, which a game that he really didn't need to play. If anything, he needed to play the game last night. Yeah. But it's just – and then that's another thing. It's like, are y'all not playing because y'all just want to wait for teams to see all of y'all together – come playoff time like you don't want film like what what is it you know so it's just yeah. it got me thinking and, and honestly the pressure is on you know a lot of hype is surrounding this team because of who they got in the off season and who they got in, in like you know during the trade deadline and everything and if they can't come out the east oh it's a failure it, it, yeah it's a failure it's literally you know finals or bust really and, and right I, now it's I want to so say it's a, it's a finals winner bust i really want to say because you have you have three top 12 NBA players on your team. Two of them are top six. You have to win. There's no other team in the league that has that. The Lakers, who, yes, the Lakers, I do believe, are a The Lakers threat. got two players in the top three, so. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say Anthony Davis is a top three player. But last year he was. This year, injury. He's, he's more of a top then, eight type player, but we know LeBron is the top of one of one. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're a threat. But you still have more star power than the Lakers. Yeah, Drummond coming in is nice for them, but he's not he's no Kyrie Irving. So you still are in the driver's seat. You have Joe Harris who's shooting under forty nine percent on threes, just slightly under forty nine, which is ridiculous. You have you have pieces. You have Bruce Brown could come in and play some defense for you. They do have depth, I'll give them that. They have so, the depth. So so the the Nets are still in a, a great spot, but with that with the that uh Lakers game showed me, which I don't want to take too much off of one game, but it showed me that I think they can be beat. Down low, they get punished. And and once you have to they were throwing some double teams at Andre Drummond, and that's when they had LaMarcus. You can't do that when LeBron and AD return to the lineup because if LeBron cuts, who's gonna jump in the way to stop him from dunking? Oh wow. James Harden? Is that who's getting in the way? Kyrie Irving? Because he'll get set down. So it's just it doesn't it doesn't they don't have any real options defensively. Either they're gonna have to let their inside man, aka DeAndre Jordan, get punished down there on the block, or they're gonna just have to, I uh, think maybe hope that people aren't hitting their shots because they don't they just don't have a defensive scheme right now and and I just I don't I don't see it coming anytime soon. Even just going like with that finals preview, right? Then that's in the Lakers game on Saturday. Like even just watching them against the Sixers, them fully healthy, Sixers fully healthy, like, I don't – it could it could go either way. It can go to six. It can go to seven. The the Sixers could come out on top if they're playing it the way that they're playing right now. Um, I just don't – like, the Nets have no advantage but just being – just offense, like, that's it. But if one player – one of them gets shut down or two of them get shut down, like, in a series, who's to say that it's the next game – next series to win? I'd agree with that to an extent because I don't think you're shutting down two of those three guys. No, I mean, no, no. That's it, that, it's, it's just not even one. It's Kevin Durant's the most um, unguardable player I've ever seen with two eyes, and then James Harden. His he just his ISO ball is insane. But now the way he's changed his game, 
to be with the Nets and is still dominating. Was MVP, in my opinion, before he went down. That's insane. And then you have Kyrie Irving, who is his he's really close to having a 50-40-90 season. So he's scoring, but he's doing it efficiently too. Yeah, You're not going to shut down two of the three, but shut down one of the three should be the goal. Still very unlikely. But what I would do with them is I would once again make sure Joe Harris isn't hitting any threes. Um, stop stop people like Bruce Brown from getting easy layups and, and, and DeAndre Jordan from catching lobs. If you want to make those three beat you, that's how you got to play. You just got to play like, the, okay, we know these three are going to get what they what they came to, for. But the rest, we're shutting everybody else down. Or you can play it like you can put Ben Simmons on Kyrie and hope that Ben Simmons neutralizes him as best as he can, which would mean it's just James Harden now. It's James Harden and Kevin Durant versus uh, Embiid and Tobias. And you could try to, I guess, go bucket for bucket in that situation. But, I mean, it's definitely more – you're definitely – it's more hopeful – now for for Sixers and Bucks fans, now that you see that the Nets the Nets really look like a, a team that can be beat, even though their record is great and, and you haven't seen them all together yet, really for a long stretch, they look like a team that that can be bested. So you're you're waking up with a lot more hope today as as a 76er Bucks fan. Yeah, I would agree. But I mean, even just let's just hop into it really quick. I mean, what were some takeaways? I know you named one, but, like, what are some more takeaways that you saw with the Lakers with no Kuzma, no AD, no LeBron versus the Nets? And that it wasn't just a beat. It was a beat down. They got blown out. I have – this is the time I'm going to mention um, Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie, I don't I don't know um, what's changed about Kyrie, but now he's he's become – uh, a lot more spiritual or a higher version of himself if if you will and mm. and I don't want to knock him for that because I mean if you, as people you know you're just trying to better yourself and and that's his life so I can't beat down on his lifestyle or anything that he chooses to do but the way he got ejected I just wasn't I just wasn't a I wasn't a fan of how he handled the situation granted I know he doesn't like being called the word and and he probably thinks that People should no longer use the word because, I, you know, he posted on Twitter something about how the N-word has always been a de- de- derogatory use and um, how it's never been an endearing term and things of that nature. But, you know, it's just it's just it's kind of crazy to see because I know Kyrie is trying to better himself, but I can almost guarantee you Kyrie uses the N-word or used it used to use it a lot. So yeah, I mean, just, there's there's footage that came out of him. You know, people wanted to go against him, so they pulled up footage of him mm-hmm. using it, like when he played for like the Cavs, like way back. But like, you know, people grow every year, every mm-hmm. day. People grow. Yeah, and that's what know? I'm saying. I respect his growth, but to to get tossed for a situation like that, you can. I don't. I don't know if I like it, especially at a time where you need to be getting reps in with Kevin Durant, who just came back from injury, two month layoff. This is the time where you need to be starting to try to gear up and. And I know you don't want to be called the N-word, but I just felt like the ejection was unnecessary. The next game he has to take off for personal reasons. I know he's um, Muslim now, so Ramadan is, you know, it's hard to play through. And and I can respect that. But it's just, you know, now knowing that that was coming up, that's even more reason why you need to be trying to get in all the reps you can with guys while they're in the lineup. And and I just felt like that was kind of pointless. Especially, that's it's not... 
Obviously, you, LeBron and AD weren't there, but it's still a fill-out game, so to speak. Because yeah. A lot it's, of those it's players, a potentially fin- a finals preview. Yeah, and a lot of the players on the Lakers are going to be there. A lot of those players are main rotational pieces. Dennis, um, Montrez, probably Caruso. Ben McLemore, Caruso, yeah. um, Markeith Morris, all those guys. They're going to be there still. Obviously, they're going to have some more help, but they're going to be there, assuming that the Lakers make it. So it's still a good fill-out game, and I just feel like Kyrie kind of threw that away. I mean... But you know, it, it is what it is. Granted, it was early in the third quarter, um, and they were. Um, I quote I me if I'm wrong. Were they, they were down, right? Down four or five or something like that. It was a okay. close game, though. Um, this was Kyrie's first ejection in his career, mm-hmm. so this is also like kind of you know kind of big for him too. It's kind of shocking how you know obviously when it happened, nobody knew what happened until someone took the film, slowed down the film, did some mouth you know, lip reading and then figured out what Schroeder said. And then, you know, Kyrie took it to Twitter, X, Y, Z, we know what happened. So, um, I don't know. Kyrie is definitely at a higher frequency than Mm -hmm. he ever was. Um, and like you said, he's much more spiritual. So if that's the path that he wants to go on, that's the path he wants to go on. But I wouldn't be out here telling people like telling black people, like don't be out here saying that, you know, black people took that term back, reclaimed Mm -hmm. it as their own. And uses it, you know, as a term of endearment or whatever. And he doesn't believe in that. And and people, and you know, I'll respect it if you don't believe in that. Cool, but I don't think that you should push the agenda for other people, other Black people in as your well. community. Yeah. Not, you know, to feel the same way he does. I wouldn't push it on people. But I'm I'm gonna leave that at that. But um, I mean, besides that, I really can't really take away too much from the um from that game because of who was missing and everything. But I will say that, you know, some comments came out from Kuzma and he was saying that um, Drummond, something about him needing to learn the Lakers system and stuff because he's never been in a real system before. Yeah, he said he's never really been coached before. There, there, that part, yeah. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> it's a little disrespectful to some of the coaches <laughs> Drummond had uh, been with. But, I mean, I'll say this. Drummond's never been to a winning situation like he is now with the Lakers. And, and yeah, it'll take some adjustment because now with with COVID, you don't really get too many practices. I think the Lakers have had how many practices or shoot arounds before games? Maybe like twelve now. So it's they they're gonna need time to gel, some practice time and in game experience. And it's not gonna happen overnight. But I do like what I've seen from Drummond. Obviously, he had that game against the Nets. Some some of these games, he's only had four points, two points, but. It's okay. The offense will click when LeBron is in a Anthony Davis are back out there. He'll get some more lob touches. He'll get he'll get his points. Now all you really need him to do is come in and play defense. That's what they needed. They needed someone to be a rim threat. That's why they benched Marcus Saul. They needed someone who could um, go down for a post touch and get a score. That's why they benched Marcus Saul. They needed they needed this presence and they got it with Drummond. And although it may not look great um, in the first three games. There's time. And the good thing about the Lakers is their guys are playing. All the guys that are healthy are playing. Even guys that are playing with injuries they can play through are trying to battle it out. So they're gaining chemistry. And then LeBron and AD, when they come back, it should be a seamless fit because great players tend to mesh well with other great players. So, you know, I think I think that should be something that should come in and it should just be like a seamless chemistry. But now you can get the chemistry with the role guys. And by the time playoff time comes, this team should be a well-oiled machine. Yeah, and we can't wait to see it. I mean, the Lakers have looked promising, even without both of them. Um, they maintain hold of the fifth seed right now. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what did we? I mean, we predicted what like earlier when I, Bron I went said, down. We said eight, seven. Like I said, they may fall to nine. Or I was yeah. I was looking at that seven through nine spot, but now the closer it gets to AD's return, it's starting to look like they can maintain a top six spot. Yeah, and they're at five. So I mean, I don't really see no threats. And I mean, Blazers are at six right now, and you know the Blazers have been having their woes. Mm-hmm. So oh, um, if anything. Yeah, exactly. And I know I'll let you touch and dibble on that later. Um, but I don't think nobody else is going to come up unless the Mavericks just going to run. But as of right now, the Lakers look promising. So what we was talking about, it was fake news, bro. Um, uh, <laughs> but speaking of fake news. I, um, I figured you was about to get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, anybody who watches Undisputed, um, Shannon Sharp went on air on TV and um, – try to have a hot take on something that KD said, except the part is that KD didn't say it. <laughs> That's the catch. It was a fake quote from, like, Twitter, some fan a or something. A fake account. A fake account. It was a account. fake account. It was just – it was really embarrassing. And, um, yeah, and, you know, KD responded and ended up being a little Twitter battle. And But I don't really – KD really didn't say anything out of pocket. He's just like, why are you out here spewing fake stuff about me? And then mm. Shannon ended up getting his feelings, blocked him. I did not watch Undisputed this morning, so I don't know what was said about the situation. I don't really watch that show anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, with me, it's like with, with TV shows, you know, even like with podcasts, me and you, you know, before you know, before the show or the day before, we'll go over stuff that we're going to talk about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have run of show with – uh, TV shows, I'm sure, because most of these stats and these numbers they get, they get that from the the producers or, like, they have analytics department or whatever. They have production meetings in which they go over stuff, like, hours before the show mm-hmm. that they know the talking points that they're going to have, everything. So you mean to tell me that this information was put on there, typed on the teleprompter, on the TV screen, on the caption, and the graphic was on there and everything, and you mean to tell me no one took a second to fact check anything like you know what i mean like it was fake like granted the show like i don't want to pour everything on shannon because skip gets on my nerves too skip may have horrible takes may say out-of-pocket things especially about lebron about lebron said that messed up stuff about dak prescott months ago oh yeah all types of stuff right mm-hmm. i can't get mad because he's never said i don't i don't think he said anything that was that was fake like Shannon said something that was fake, bro, and they try to, like, use it as, a, as an argument. So, I mean, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, bro, what? Saying, like, I said ever since... <laughs> There's just so many moments of sports analysts, um, uh, guys like that who go up on TV from multiple shows, Colin... First things first, um, undisputed first take. They've all had their moments when it's just like, dude, what are you saying? It, and it's just, this is just another example of that. I mean, he was he was wrong, but loud and wrong. He wanted to get his point he across. He was Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was <laughs> he he was just he was just loud and wrong, and and he was he was pushing his point. And then when KD calls you out on it. You want to block him. I'm. I normally don't side with KD in situations like this. Yeah. But in a situation like this, I would have to side with him. So you you talk about him, but then you're wrong when you're talking about him. But then when he addresses you, you're saying, "Let's talk in private." For what? 
What yeah, is, you're he, talking about him too, based on a yeah, fake, a fake quote that he said. So like you're quoting him, but it's a fake quote, and he's trying to tell you that I, he didn't say it, and yet you're still pushing it, and then you block him. But For my me, th- my I thing about it is real quick is they he wanted to talk to KD privately in the DMs, but she went out in public and the said DMs. these statements about him. So I don't see why you want to become private now when he's trying to address you. But when you were addressing him, lying on his name, it was okay for you to spew that to the public. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Uh, my thing is just like you're, you're on one of the top sports shows on TV in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just publicly take your L. You know, yeah. just yeah. say you was wrong, you know. But it's just it's just so shocking to me that like nobody thought anything of like we know like we live in we live in a society. We live in a day today where there's. There's trolls all over the internet. People make fake stuff all the time. People make fake, fake breaking news posts on Instagram, memes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you mean to tell me there's nobody in the analytics department, nobody in the production team, nobody to actually, f- like, fish through that stuff to know if it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's yeah. legit or not. So, mm-hmm. it's just really shocking to me. It's bad journalism. Um, so, Shannon, I pr- you know... I like, I like Shay Sharp. Yeah, I, say, yeah, I like, I like Shannon, Shay Sharp. I do. But you but were wrong. You were wrong. You got to take that L, homie. You get the L of the week this week. So we're going to leave it at that. Another showdown I really want to talk about real quick before we hop into um, some bad news. The Suns and the Jazz. Um, that was a highly anticipated game last week. Obviously, we couldn't talk about it because we had already recorded. Um, it went into overtime. It was really good. Donovan Mitchell had 41. Devin Booker had 35 points. Two of the promising young stars in the league today, um, and two of the top two teams in the West. Um, you know, any takeaways from that that you want to touch base on really quick? The Suns are better than the Jazz. And, I agree. And I, agree. I don't want to say that's from that one. That one game didn't show me that. I believe that coming into the game, but that just confirmed it. I mean, the Suns come playoff time have the biggest thing you need in close series, and that's isolation ball. You need someone who can go get a bucket from all three levels, and they have two of those guys. One, Devin Booker. Two, Chris Paul, who is one of the most proven um, isolation scorers, especially most recently in the, in the series against the Rockets last year with Oklahoma City. Chris Paul, just he gets to his spots, and he runs the show, and you never speed him up. He can get you a shot from the three, the mid range, he gets he can get to the basket or he can set somebody else up for an open shot. He he offensively is gonna make sure you're in the, the right sets, doing the right things at all times. And and I don't know if the Jazz really have that. They have Mike Conley who, yeah, Mike Conley's nice, but he's no Chris Paul. And and I mean they got I, Mitchell. I mean Mitchell will probably be their only their closer. I mean, if and or I, and I agree, but I trust Chris Paul closing more than I trust Donovan Mitchell. Of course, closing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but not only that, now Chris Paul has a uh, a wingman. I don't even want to say wingman because I feel like they're on e- equal grounds. But he has a, a sidekick, sort of say, come closing time. Now he can. Di- I would say uh, protege, if anything. Yeah, he can ditch. He can. Um, give the ball up and close in time too now to Devin Booker who can also go get a bucket when he needs. So I I like the Suns a lot more than I like the Jazz. I just I like I like how complete the Suns feel like they have a good mix and I've said this before, a good mix of defensive players like Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges. Um but then a good a good mix of also shot creators with people like um D Book, Chris Paul, even Cameron Payne comes off their bench and gives them production. So 
I think I I I think that game really showed me that I I'd pick the uh the Suns to beat the Jazz in the playoff series if it came down to that. So let me I want to ask you something because um I heard it, something was kind of contradicting on what you just said. So you said going into the game, you thought that the Suns were better than the Jazz. That this game did. didn't really give you that, you know, it didn't really make yeah, you it, it, push it that change, decision. It didn't change my opinion on like but if let one me, team was better than the other. But I want to challenge you on that because in your power ranking, you still had the Jazz above mm-hmm. the Suns. So yes. what do you mean by that? So what my power rankings are, they're not a team. They're not the best teams. It's the teams that I feel like it's a mix of how you've done recently and how you've been in a season's totality. Because if that's the case, you saw the Lakers weren't in my top five power rankings at all. But I take the healthy Lakers to be every team on there. Oh yeah, of course, because it's because they're, they're not they're not healthy right now. But yeah, I'm but just I'm saying, saying like right the, now, going if, into that game Wednesday night, you had the Suns already. You thought that they were the better team, but in the power ranking last week, you had them lower. Both healthy teams, so I just want a little bit of an explanation behind that. I'm saying it doesn't come down to who I feel is better team. You'll see this week my my power rankings have changed again. But the team that's number one, I don't necessarily think they're the best team, even though they um, are at my number one spot. Hmm. Like I'm saying, like what I'm saying about that is the power rankings are a they're a what have you done recently? Like I said, combined with your season's totality. So say. A team like Milwaukee went on an eight-game win streak. I would have them most likely at number one on my power rankings. Do I think Milwaukee's better than Brooklyn? No, but I'd still have them over the Nets. So who's on my trending power better? Yeah, it's it's a trend plus a season totality. So if you're like a top, so say the Wizards right now went on a nine-game win streak, that w- they wouldn't make my top five because in the season's totality they haven't they been up. Yeah, they haven't been great. But if you have a team that's like Denver, for example, who's a fifth seed, and they go on like a seven-game win streak, and that bumps them up to three or something, yes, they can be number one on my power rankings, even though I wouldn't believe that they were necessarily the best team. Okay. I think that was a great explanation for it. But I'm glad you said the Nuggets. Speaking of the Nuggets, we have really bad news. Against the Warriors the other night, Jamal Murray tore his ACL and is out for the remainder of the season. The Nuggets have been promising. They were at – they were – I believe they were eight. Now they're eight and one, I want to say. Maybe I might be wrong, but yeah, since they acquired, two. since they acquired um, Aaron Gordon from the Magic, no, it is eight and two because they got beat by the Celtics. Okay, as well, so. so eight and two. Thanks, bro. Um, eight and two since they got um, Aaron Gordon from the Magic, and now they just had a devastating blow and a devastating loss to one of their key players, star players who shined in the bubble last season. Jamal Murray is out for the rest of the season. What does that mean for the Nuggets playoff wise? Well, I have bad news and good news, Nuggets fans. The bad news is now I think you guys are a first-round exit. But the good news is if you played the Lakers, you were going to be a first-round exit anyway, which it looks <laughs> like you're going to play them. So it's not really too – I mean, it, it sucks. It does. But in a series against the Lake, a healthy Lakers team, I don't think you guys would have won anyway. So you would have been yeah. going home first round regardless. Now you get – at least Jamal Murray gets time to rest up. You get to see how this new, the the new, well, not new, but the new team gels together. You got some role players now who are going to get big minutes come playoff time, which could help you maybe for next year when you guys try to run this thing back. You see guys, you see if guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, if guys like that can step up into that number two slot so that when Jamal Murray comes back, he doesn't have to strain himself. He can just ease back into it. So there's, there's a lot of bad in this for Nuggets fans. 
but there's also some things that you can look at as a silver lining. Are you going to tell us a silver lining or that no, was, I, was lining? I would say that was the silver oh, okay. lining. Okay. I that, thought you was about to go into that, it. <laughs> no, now that, now that somebody else gets to step up as your number two option, assuming hopefully Michael Porter Jr. Because that's who you guys wanted to be our third option this year. But now you can see if he can rise and make his game into a number two option because he's, he's got, he's got everything. He's got the size, mm-hmm. the, the, the um, shot. yeah, the shot, the skill. He has it all. I watched him play last night against my heat. And I think he had 25 and 10. If he can give you 22 and twenty two and 8, yeah. When Jamal Murray comes back, then he can just come right back into what he was doing. And you have a, a legit big three. Um, So if you were the Nuggets GM or in the front office, do you go out and sign somebody? Do you go get, I don't know, an Austin Rivers and Isaiah Thomas? Do you go They get... already did sign Austin Rivers, I believe, right? Or they were really close. I think that's serious talks. Serious talks. Yeah, they were in serious talks, which normally means that he's going to get signed. But that won't that won't fill the void that is Jamal Murray. Because, well, I was, no, nothing nothing will. But do you go out and go get a guard? Or you're, because I'm just using your logic because you're saying that if, if playoffs were to start now, they would play the Lakers. So do you even... Do you bother to go out and go sign a guard if you no. have to match up with them? No. <laughs> I wait. I wait till the day before the playoffs. If I match up with somebody other than the Lakers, oh yeah, then I'll go get one. If not, mm, no, don't waste my time. Why waste it? <laughs> Let's. We all know the truth, dear. If the if the Lakers are healthy, they're not losing to the Nuggets, and no, it's I know. not now, especially. And it's no free agent out there that's going to change that. So why waste your time? Don't even give up your money. Keep it all for you. I mean. If you can match up with somebody other than Lakers, if I'm the Denver Nuggets at this point in time, I'm trying hard to 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 jump the Clippers. But the Clippers are hot right now, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it looks Speaking, like they're stuck in that four seed. Thank you for the. I really really appreciate the segue here, my friend. Speaking of the Clippers, let's get into it really quick. The Clippers are seven and zero now with Rajon Rondo in the lineup. Yep, difference maker, man. And it's not even the playoffs yet, and you know how playoff Rondo is. But, but speaking of playoffs. Paul George is looking really good right now. He's had 30-plus points in, the f- in four straight games. But the playoffs are upon us, and we know how playoff P can do in the playoffs. I'm really, I'm really fond of playoff P, actually. I like him. I like Paul George. I do. He shows so much promise. But when we get to the playoffs, we know it goes from playoff P to pandemic P real quick. So and that's I why mean, I like him so much. Do you think maybe this year, this is the year that it'll just translate well, and then he he will just keep his play now and play in the say, same way in the playoffs? I don't want to say no and sound like a hater, but I can't say yes because I don't. No, know No, just look at no. We're not being haters, bro. If you just collect the data and consider all the variables in this situation, and just look at the past seasons of how Paul George has played in the playoffs. It's not being a hater. It's just look at the look at the data. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this is the year, but I won't say. I just don't know. And Paul George is such a, a question mark, which is why the Clippers to me are the second best team in the West, not the first. He's your second, your your second star. You got to know that they're gonna give you what they give you regular season come playoff time, and we don't know what that with the Clippers. We just don't. So as far as that, I just can't. I can't say what he's going to give me. I hope that Paul George has a good playoffs. I really do because his name has been kind of tainted because of his recent playoff production. And and Paul George is a really good player. He's a great he's a great two-way player. He he's Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the smoothest players in the league as far as offensively what he can give you. 
I wouldn't so, have him guard no game winner shot, but oh god, see, see and that's another mm-hmm. thing. That's another that, thing. But bro, there's been multiple instances. It's not just that iconic one. It's been other instances. I know, I feel bad for Paul George, <laughs> but no, the Clippers, the Clippers are starting to roll at the right time, and they're doing another good thing. And that's all you av- need. Avoiding the Lakers, thanks to, um, they have to shout out the Portland Trailblazers because Portland stinks right now. So that's keeping them at six, which is keeping the Lakers at five, which I know the Clippers are happy about because even if the Clippers do like their chances against the Lakers, you don't want to see them first round. There's no need to to force that matchup right away. You want to be able to. Get your playoff chemistry so everyone can be introduced to the big moment. But can the Clippers give us what they were supposed to give us last season and go against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? I don't know. I won't say. I I can't say because I like the Suns. I like the Suns a lot. And and, in a series against the Clippers, I don't really know what could happen. That can go either way. That's a a coin flip for me. Although I would favor the Clippers, Mm -hmm. I think it's really close. It's a really close call. So... I mean, I wouldn't guarantee that they'll be in the conference finals, but I, I, I think I think the Clippers are in a better spot this year than they were last year. Drama free, the pressure's not on them. They get to just kind of come in as like the team, like the, the sleeping giant almost that no one's talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's no pressure on them, which may be good for Paul George because then he can play free. And and they could they can end up being there. I mean, the Clippers are a deep team. I think they're, they're the best three-point shooting team in the league. So... You got to give the the Clippers wow. the, the chance in any series they go into. So, I mean, I, I like where they're at, and I like I like where Paul George is at. If he can keep this going, I mean, hey, they may be representing the West. Wow. Whew. Did you see Luca's game winner last night? I did. I love Luca. I love me. Some I do Luka. too, bro. I do too. That was. I didn't, man. I don't even know. Like, I just saw the. I didn't watch the game. I just saw the. Um, I started watching the game, but then Snowfall came on, the best show on television. So I had to watch that. But I watched, like, the clip when it got, like, when it circulated and went viral. I didn't think his foot was behind the line, but then they slowed it down and stuff. And I'm just like, dog. And then he cracked the smile, like, dang, like, I know I'm too good for this. Like, He is too good for it. Shout out (laughs) Luca, man. Let's clap it up for Luca because (laughs) Luca is insane. Like, this kid... Came in rookie. You saw it in his rookie season. You knew what yeah. he was going to be. Last year, he upped, he upped it again. And this year, even if the numbers don't say, he's upped it again. Could he Luka's, retire the best Maverick ever? He he will. As long as he stays with the Mavericks, he will. Because, I mean. They're not getting rid of him, bro. I must say, barring something catastrophic like an injury or something crazy like that, he's, there's no one can stop him. Luke is so skilled. He doesn't need his He doesn't need athleticism. Everything he's doing right now is because he's a skillful player. He has... I, I would say his biggest weakness is shooting, but like like we said before, that's something that you can really you can really get better at. And and over the season, he's been getting better with uh, shooting. I think he started off at like tw- low twenties, and then by March, his he was shooting forty something percent from three in March. So his three point shot has been slow, is slowly but surely getting better throughout the season. And if he gets that consistently, then you can guard him because you help off of him. I mean, you help off somebody else, and he's making the correct pass. He can create his own shot. He can rebound. He can do everything, really. And even though he's not a great defender, he's not a defensive liability. So, Lucas, yeah, he's insane. And, and last night was just another example of that. Another closer. I don't know how many game winners he's had by now, but he's he's had a he's, he's had, had a, a couple, quite a handful. Yeah, he's had a couple. And the Mavericks um, are kind of they're trending upwards. Um, they are. Which they, I would I wouldn't want to see the Mavs in, in, in round one. 
Yeah, the Mavs are they're trending upwards. They, with Portland's woes, they could easily take the sixth spot. Um, I don't see the Lakers dropping past five where they're at now with AD coming back next week and LeBron coming back possibly in the same week. I don't. I just don't. I don't see that happening. Um, I got yeah, a hot take. I got a hot take. Okay, give if it. the Mavs match up with the Jazz, they will beat them. Hmm. And I feel strong about it. The Jazz played Fully the healthy Mavericks with the poor, with Porzingis. <laughs> yeah, the Jazz played the Mavericks and the Mavericks beat them. I think I don't want to see. It sounds like I don't tr- believe in the Jazz, but I, I, I trust the Mavs to beat beat, beat the Jazz as well. I Man, do. I had the Mavs beating the Clippers last season. They they took them though. Took them six Bro, games without Kristaps. That's what I'm saying. Like, and then there was a what happened. Kristaps got ejected, right? Yeah, and then he then he tore some his meniscus, right? Or he tore yeah. something in his knee. Yeah, but that game that he didn't get ejected, that he got ejected, if they they would have won that game if he stayed in the game. I don't know, but, but you know, if shoulda, coulda, woulda, whatever. Yeah, the Mavs are a team the Clippers don't want to see either. I don't think not for round one. I would take the Clippers to beat them, but you don't want to have to see them in round one because that's an unnecessary hard fought matchup. Mm-hmm. And that's a revenge game because. It was the Mavs series to win last season, but obviously due to injuries or whatever and ejections, they couldn't get it done. But speaking of last year, and we had the bubble and everything, and now, you know, this season, because of the way that this season had to start. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have know, to. They, didn't have to. Didn't have but. to. But what, what you know, the big boys, what they put out there, meaning the commissioner and them, um, 72 games this season. Is the NBA scheduling – um, causing all these injuries? I mean, think about it. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to let you go in because I know when your, your team is being impacted, but the Grizzlies, the Bulls, and the Heat all are playing in eight games in a 12-day 12 12 stretch. So, you know, let's, let's wake it up, bro. I think the scheduling has something to do with it. We've had a lot of injuries this year to superstars, a lot of injuries, end-of-season injuries. I mean, you think it's the scheduling? Let me just say this. I have a couple stats for you. All-Stars this year have missed 15% of games this season, which is on pace to be the second highest rate in NBA history. You let me know if you think that has something to do with the bubble. Another another anonymous assistant coach in the NBA said, this is the worst schedule he's seen ever in the league, and he's been in the league for 25 years. So people around the league know this schedule has been a problem. It's it's insanely trash, and you know I'm a Heat fan, so uh, yeah, I've I've had to deal with it. Unfortunately, I've seen my guys. They they just sometimes they look a little sluggish, you know, out there, because from January 13th to March 4th, the Heat went 51 days without more than one day of rest between games. This is the longest such streak since the 2011-2012 season. Just think about it. Think to yourself. And how that many, was the and that was the lockout season, right? Yes. So think about how many injuries you've seen, how many ACLs. You just saw Jamal Murray go down. Who what team was he on? Up oh, Denver. LeBron. A D. Up oh, what team were they on? The Lakers. Jimmy's been dealing with problems. Bam. Gorn. Think about that team. The Heat. All deep all teams that made deep runs got guys going down, getting hurt. Kimba coming back and and playing kind of subpar. He was on the Celtics. They made it to the Eastern Dame. Finals. Dame was hurt. Dame. All, it's just it's, it's a lot. And and the NBA had a chance to put its players before its dollar bills. 
and they laughed at the, they laughed at that idea. They they say no, we need our we need our bread for what though? The NBA makes so much money. They didn't need this. I mean, obviously it's nice, and they lost some money because of no fans in the stands. But they showed you where their priority was at when it came to money or player self. And you see a lot of guys going down, and it's just it's really unfortunate. It sucks that the NBA really decided that they care about money more than the players that are making the money for them. But it is what it is. I mean, it it just it sucks to see. It really does. But yeah, yeah. I think I think the schedule has plays a big part in in all these players going down. It's really unfortunate because I mean, granted, like I know it's already tough with the league office and everything, simply because you know we had to deal with shutting down last year because of COVID, and then doing the bubble and everything. Now, granted, I think that was genius the way that they pulled off the bubble and everything. Yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah, they did a really good job for the the, they cr- did. the time crunch they ran. Absolutely, and it was improv too. If I mean, really, if you look at the the time and everything, the timing of everything, and how they had to make their decisions. I think it worked out fine. But now it's it's more so thinking, all right, when when should we start the season and how many games are we going to give these guys to play? Should they have started on Christmas like they should have or should they have pushed it back and let the season run through the summer like it did last year? They should have pushed it back. And I think now they're seeing it too. Every And then you have players coming out. Josh Hart came out and said um, the schedule was bad. He said something about how too many players were getting injuries. He was like, let's not try this idea again. It's Players know. I mean, obviously not every player is going to come out and say this, but you can see it with your own two eyes. But if Look you at think everybody about going it, down. But if you think about it, and, I, and I'm not taking the league side, obviously players come first in this league. And then, you know, in, in all sports and all facets of all the sports, it's always, the you know, the, the corporate office, they always think of money. Always mm-hmm. first, which is really unfortunate, but that's just the way, you know, it's business. So that's just how, to, that's gonna, that's how it's going to go. Sorry. But if you think about it this way, I think the reason that they started off on Christmas, granted, if all the players wanted to start off late, especially the Lakers and the Heat wanted to start off later because they just came off of a finals run. Mm-hmm. They want to I think the league is trying to structure it to get back to a sense of normalcy, to go back to that. Let's start in October and run it through, you know, the 82 games that they did. Now, if they were to start later in January or February, no all star game, just start in February, or whatever, and run through the summer then the players would have no break for them to go back to that normal October through June schedule. You know what I mean? So I think the league was like, we or the association was like, okay, we just got to, this is the only way to get it back to normal. We got to start in December, cut it down 10 games to 72, and then let the finals be in July. That way players will get a break until October, and then they start it off, and then everything goes back to normal. And I think that's what they're doing. But my thing about that is it's never worth compromising players. Of and, course. And that's what it's been. And of so course. my thing is if the NBA really wanted to do that, why don't you do what you did in 2011, 2012? You can, you can shorten the season even more. Why don't you have a 55-game season? Nope. That was already in discussion too, right? Too much loss of revenue. I don't even know if it was. I mean, but still, it's just like there were ways. You could have done – you could have shortened the season of 50 games or something like that for a season just until you get back to normal, which would have allowed players, you wouldn't have had to jam these games in back-to-backs, all these back-to-backs, and and three and four nights, and eight and twelves. That's just not not acceptable. It'll never be acceptable because players coming off a shortened off season as it is already, putting them in terrible schedule situations is not going to help. You're not going to get these players best come playoff time because they're going to be dog-tired. So it's it's like, I I mean, I see what the, the NBA was going for, but 
I just don't think it was worth seeing players go down with ACL injuries and all that so you can get your season back on time. And now a lot of these guys are going to miss the start of next season anyway. So you get you get what you get. And, and, and yeah, I know the NBA was in a tough spot, but I just I don't think they went about it the right way. Yeah, um, I know. But this is this is where we are. Hopefully, you know, this can be adjusted. Um and I think players were already rallying to shorten schedules anyway. I think before even COVID, I want to say that they were already kind of in talks with cutting the season down mm-hmm. from 82 games, um, which is in- incredibly too long and exhausting. And really, as fans, let's be honest, as fans, when when do – like, at least for me, I would say, like, I you're don't – You're going to say you don't start tuning in until later this season slash playoff time. Right? I don't. Yeah. Well, one being as though the NFL is still on TV, so I'm not tuning into the NBA unless it's like you know Saturday night game or like a Wednesday night game or when when NFL is not on. But I'm not mm-hmm. giving the NBA all my attention just as far as me being a sports fan and wanting to just hone in on one thing and like stats and all that stuff. I'm going to pay attention to the NFL all the way before I pay attention to the NBA if mm-hmm. the, when they're both in season. Okay, after Super Bowl. I don't really start tuning in to the NBA, like, in tune. Probably after All-Star break, I'll start yeah. to get into it. Um, because, one, that's when everybody's playing, like, with all they got because it's all playoff implications, playoff pushes for teams that aren't in or not near to get in. That's when all the pushes come in. And then really, really start watching end of April leading into May when the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like that. I mean, you talk to any anybody. I've talked to homies before, like in the past, like people will say March Madness is better than the NBA uh, playoffs. Yeah. Some people you know? do say that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would be a fan if they, if they, if I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they condensed it from 82, because I don't know if it's going to be 82 or 72 next season, but I would, con- like 60 games is fine. Mm-hmm. What I would agree. you say? 60 I'd in that agree. neighborhood? I'd yeah. agree. Because, I mean, obviously, technology is advanced in a way. These players, you can, you can obviously, injuries are easier to recover from than in the past. But still, you don't want to see anybody go down. Um, like, it's just not, it's not the way you want to improve things by having to compromise players, like I said, to get things the way you want. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing a short season. Um, because then, I mean, you're going to get more... Um, you're going to get quality. Yeah, more quality. quality from players because now games matter a little bit more. So you're going to get their best anyway. You won't get players sitting down because of, yep. of rest. Because and- now games games mean twice as much. You can't try. There's no there's not that extra 30 games after All-Star break. It's only what 15 now. Right. So now you got to really be locked in more more the season. Right. So. And as much as I would love to watch the NBA during the summer cuz there's nothing going on in the summer. I, you know, I just think it's best for them to Cut it down, end the season in May mm-hmm. if they start October or whatever. However it'll work, you know, depending mm-hmm. on when they start. But that's just me. But, yeah, uh, moving on, uh, moving on. Wow, talked a lot about the NBA. Let's get out of the NBA for a little bit. But before whoa, I do. Whoa, but whoa, before whoa. I do. Yeah. What? I'm not. Bro, relax, man. Like, I'm getting into it. Relax. <laughs> we gotta talk I want to do a special, them. special, special shout out. Tonight's the WNBA draft. Um, shout out to all the, the shout ladies out tonight. Shout out to the draft. Shout out to the WNBA draft. Yeah, and shout out to all the ladies that are going to get drafted. Good luck to you, and congrats on mm-hmm. your endeavors. Um, mm-hmm. But let's get into Chrissy's point of the week. Uh, yes, point of the week. <laughs> oh, no. This week, I am highlighting the best three-point shooter of all time, Steph Curry. Stephen Curry. 
Stephen Curry. So inspirational, man. Man. Just so inspirational. He has been on a tear. Has been on a tear. Tear. Tear, 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 tear. <laughs> I'm going to throw out some numbers, okay? And these ain't lottery numbers, okay? 32, 36, 37, 41, 32, 38, 53, 42. That's how much Steph has been getting in the last eight games. He's averaging 38 points. It's a bad brother. 49% from three-point range. Damn near 50. Let's just say 50. 53 three-pointers made in those last eight games. That's what. That's Here's a fun six. fact. Let me give you a fun fact. No, games with 10 plus almost threes nine. in the NBA, in an NBA game. Mm-hmm. Games with 10 plus threes in the NBA game. Steph Curry has eight. The next person, Klay Thompson, I think, with five. He's in a class of his own. No, He's no, no, a, no. Steph has 18, right? I said 18. Oh, I thought you said eight. Yeah, no. No, 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 18. He's got it by a large margin. He's he's in a neighborhood of his own, in a class of his own. He's heating up. He knows his team sucks. He has to carry his team. This isn't even a carry job. I saw somebody say this, this isn't a carry job. This is like Steph. I don't know who said this, but they said this is like Steph with 14 other guys pulling on his ankles, and he's on the side of a mountain cliff about to fall. That's what this is. This is more than a carry job because you're a Steph when, Curry connoisseur. I'm gonna let you take it away. When when they <laughs> when let me and that's all I'm gonna say on that. When Steph Curry goes off the floor, oh god, it's hard to watch. It turns into a G League team pretty much. It, it's it's really bad. You know, Wiseman he didn't develop as quickly as they wanted to, and now he goes down with an injury. He's out um, for the rest of the season. Yep. Andrew Wiggins has been pretty solid on what he's giving you. You kind of know what he's gonna give you, but then you everybody else is pretty much. Eh, so, it's, a so. make or, it's a make or miss. Kelly Oubre, sometimes he's having a great game. Sometimes he's like, oh, wow, what is Kelly Oubre out there for? So it's like Steph is really doing his best. Steph, and I'll give Draymond some of the credit too because Draymond helps Steph out tremendously when he's out there. But those two as a tandem really have been keeping the Warriors afloat. They're about to be, after tonight, and assuming they beat the Cavs, which I think they will, I'm pretty sure they'll be back to 500 after they were like four games under when Steph was missing games with that tailbone. So it just shows you what Steph Curry is capable of. This is a top five NBA player, and, and next year when Clay comes back, y'all better be on the lookout. Bum, bum, bum. Now let's get into them power rankings and power rankings and power rankings. Got oh, Amir's no. power rankings. It's a new list. A lot of activity has happened. Yep, um, yep, yep. The league's been getting active. We got teams out here doing stuff. So mm-hmm. this week has been crazy. So his list has kind of been the same, you know, and the kind of like same teams in there have been fluctuating up and down, up and down. Then he's added and taken some out. But I think this week is going to be different, guys. I don't even know the list. So we didn't talk about this in the meeting. So I'm curious to hear it. Bro, take it away. Start me at number five. At number five. This may be a little far drop for them. But we have the Utah Jazz. The the Jazz took Woo! a hit. The Jazz took a hit. They were they were consistently in my top three for these last couple of weeks. But they lost back to back games against the Mavs and, and the, the Wizards. The Suns my and, Wizards. Then, and then last night they lost to the Wizards. So the the Jazz are just really starting to look like what no, we I think kinda, that was two nights ago. Sorry, my two bad. nights ago. Yeah. What I'm what I'm really starting to feel is that the Jazz are. 
they're overachievers. I th- and I think I think they're coming back down to reality, so to speak. Where yeah, they may still finish as the one seed because of <laughs> because of how good they started. But do you really trust the Jazz over the elite teams in the West? Because I really don't know if I do. I mean, I I just yeah, the Jazz have they they are what they are, and it's starting to become like stagnant a little bit. So I had to drop them off because the losses to the Wizards, which is a terrible loss. Then you lose a game to the Suns, which had playoff implications, and then you lose another game to the Mavericks. So I had I had to drop them down because um, they've been losing more games recently. So at number five, I have the Jet, the Jazz. Shout out to the Wizards. The Wizards beat them twice. Love that for me. Also, don't let the record fool you. Oh I'm serious. The Jazz got the number one record. I just don't let the yeah. record fool you. At number four. I have the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets had to take a drop, too, because the, the, the Nets are just... I'm starting to get tired of this in and out of the lineup thing, man. And then, yeah, and then a, a game that really meant a lot to decide who's the one seed. <laughs> and nobody's playing except for Kyrie Irving. And then he doesn't play the last, what, nine minutes of the fourth quarter? It's just a joke. These these They're really toying with the regular <laughs> season right now. They are. And it's just, I, I'm not going to reward them and put them high on the power rankings for doing that. They lost the game badly to the Lakers that they should not have lost. And now they lose a the game to the Sixers. So I think they lost two of their last three. And the game they won was against the Timberwolves, who were just a free W at this point. So I don't, I'm not going to put them. That KD suited up for. Oh, yeah. And, and then that just, it didn't make sense. So I have the Nets at four just because of how they're toying with the regular season. Not James Harden because he'll give his all. But the rest of the team, Blake Griffin taking off nights is a joke. That that guy doesn't deserve off nights that. at all. You come in and you give me four points and you want to take the night off the next night? No. Suit up again. People are paying their money. Are you Not dumb? as much. Yeah, but people are paying their money to come out and watch this juggernaut Nets team. And half the time, you're just getting to see one star. So I can't. I'm not going to reward that. The Nets are at four. Uh, the, the day we see everybody on their team play, they can get moved up in the power rankings. And not against the Wolves or the Pistons or the Cavs. Yeah, like, come on. In a game that means something. Okay. At three, we had the team that beat the Nets last night, the 76ers. And the 76ers at three, in large part back. due to their victory last night, because they haven't been as dominant recently. I think they're, what, six and four in their last ten. Um, they haven't. They haven't been great over the last the last little stretch, but they won last night in a game that meant a lot. Their players suited up and they played, and yeah, down the stretch it got a little questionable, but they finished it out, and and the, and the 76ers got to sleep, got to go to sleep as the one seed. Their next game is against the Clippers. That'll be a good game because yes. I'm pretty sure the Clippers players will play. So Friday we'll get, night, we'll get to see a good game on ESPN. Yes, on Friday night. So. Um, I, I do have the Sixers here for now, and I, a lot of that is attributed to uh, Joel Embiid's dominance. Um, when he's playing, they're a great team. So I had to put them in here. I've not having them in last week. So they're at my number three spot. At number two, the Phoenix Suns. Was, did, you expect the, did you expect anything new? I had to put them in my top two. The Suns, I think they're legit. I think the Suns are really legit. And they're nine and one over the last ten, and and the only game they lost was to a team that was rolling. Plus, it was on the second night of a back to back. So 
you feel a, you you give them a little pass there. But other than that, they took care of a very important game against the Jazz. And when they needed to win it, they won it. So I had to, I had to have them up there because of how good they've been, like I said, over the whole season. And then just how they're keeping it going with their dominance over this last 10. So they're at number two. Okay. At number one. I already know where you're going with The this. Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, the Clippers have, have reached the number one spot for the first time in the power rankings. Shout out to the Clippers, man. Won seven straight games. They've looked better. Paul George has been, he's been he's been really good as of recently. Last night, him and Kawhi didn't play, which is why I know they're playing on Friday night. And they still got the job done, even though it was over a week. Pistons team, they still they did what they needed to do. They won the game, so they 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 they're finally hitting their stride, like we said earlier. Paul George is just playing better. Kawhi Leonard, you know he's gonna get it. He's a silent killer. Rondo's coming in, helping them out, making sure that they're getting into their sets. Rondo's like, Rondo's kind of like. I don't want to be disrespectful, but he's kind of like the Walmart version of Chris Paul in the, in the sense that... Enough. 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 <laughs> enough. Enough. Do this, not call Rondo great value, but I understand what you're saying. I'm he about to impacts, say, well, he's, he's not as good as Chris Paul. So. No, but he impacts a team like Chris Paul would impact a team, but he doesn't have to have this, just, like, the yeah, same just skill a little set less over. But they're, Paul, both, but they're both floor generals and both great at what they do. And Rondo has one of the best basketball IQs in the league. Yes, and that's why he's up there. I mean, that's why he's helping their team out a lot because he's going to make sure that Kawhi and PG get the ball in spots that they like, allowing them to go to work while also setting up the team, making everyone, making sure everyone's in position. So that signing was huge for them. I mean, that trade was huge for them. Um, we have it. I don't really know what Boogie's going to do for them. He's played the last three games, and he's been kind of so-so. But we'll see. So... Oh, dude, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, and it was easy wow. to forget because I think he's combined like had like eighteen points in their three his three games that he's played so far. Or oh heavens! Like that. So, so it's I mean, but you know, I'm gonna give him time to adjust. I'm not gonna just call him out yet and say that he's not gonna work. But I do want to see a little bit more from Boogie. But yeah, no, the Clippers, the Clippers are hitting the hot streak, and if they beat the if they beat the 76ers, that will only solidify what I'm saying right now. So. I had to put the Clippers at number one because of their recent dominance. The Clippers, they're no joke. I think they're they're second, the second best team in the West, in my opinion, and they're showing you why now. Mm. That is my top five of the week. All right, we got Clips, Suns, Sixers, Nets, Jazz. Welcome back, 76ers. He had them out last week. That kind of threw me off. I, guard, I did have the Jazz. In, I mean, I had the the Bucks in there, and you, you were right. I should have had the Sixers in there. But it's okay. You made up for it this week. Again, the list is fluid, so, you know, it changes every week. We'll post it on the page, at Points Made Pod. You like it, you love it, you hate it, you want to talk about it, let's meet in the comments and let's talk about it. Um, frankly, this is fair. Um, I probably would have put the Suns at number one, but Uh-oh. but okay. my only takeaway is that 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 what I dropped earlier with Paul George is playing out of his mind right now. Um, and, you know, they are pretty much, you know, like I said, 7-0 and with Rondo in that lineup. So I got to give it to the Clippers. I have to. It's just more of a consistency thing from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But I like this list. I'm not even going to um, – no rebuttal from me this week. We're good. That makes me feel good. We good, like- homie. Enough with the NBA. Let's get to my favorite – the beloved, the NFL. Let's hop into it. Um, we got some headlines. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't the only player that retired. Julian Edelman has called it quits after his physical failed. Um, but the New England Patriots, he's decided to retire for now. 
people are saying people as in Gronk think that he's going to come to Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's cooked, but um, <laughs> he's cooked. no, and I mean that in the most respectful. <laughs> I mean that respectfully. I don't think it didn't sound too respectful. Whatever. I I mean that in the most respectful manner. Um, Edelman has retired. Um, you know, I would. He he is he is a good receiver. One of one of the. I would say one of the best slot receivers. Yeah. Yeah, especially um, for those Patriots teams. Yeah, but you know, there's been con, con, you know, controversy and conversations about him just walking in and being just the first ballot. Oh, I would no. have to agree. I don't think anybody said first ballot. No, like I've seen some stuff like he's walking mm. in the Hall of Fame and just looking what at you, the numbers. What you be seeing? Looking at the numbers, this is just, I mean, again, it is probably, geez, are Patriot fans or whatever, but just what's been circulating on Twitter and how when he retired, all these hype pages, like, we should report and all these other pages be like, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Yeah. My thing is this, like, <laughs> and I saw something on Twitter that was so funny, I don't know who said it, but they was like, he's not even the best white receiver. Tom Brady, <laughs> what? <laughs> they said not the best white receiver Tom Brady's played with, right? Not even Tom Brady, bro. Look, Jordy Nelson got better numbers than Julian Edelman. Career numbers, stats. He, well, he, he, got do- to play, he got to play with a better QB, so we'll, we'll give him a pass on that. Look, I'm just going to run you these numbers. This is Julian Edelman's career stats. He's six, 620 receptions, 6,800 yards, and 36 touchdowns. That's what he's finishing his career with. Jordy Nelson, 600 less receptions, 613, 8,000 yards, and 72 touchdowns. So, that's big, bro. Thirty six to seventy two, like you know, like and there's just there's so many other players that are not in the hall that deserve to be in the hall. So I'm not gonna get too into it or whatever because you know it is what it is. Julian Edelman had a great career, um, you know, Super Bowl MVP, all that. So congrats to him. Hope he has a great retirement. Any mm-hmm. thoughts you want to put on there? Yeah, I mean, no, that you pretty much covered it. I think, I think, um, great player and uh, enjoy retirement, man. Not a Hall of Famer though, but no, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. In other news, bro, Jadavian Clowney finally got signed to the Browns. This has been rumblings and talks for a minute. It was supposed to happen on Monday. Something happened with the plane, so it had to happen the next day. So, um, and it ended up happening Wednesday morning. So, or was it Wednesday? Yeah, I think it was like Wednesday morning or something. So. Mm-hmm. He's finally signed to the Browns. Bro, this is a great move. Like, the Browns are like, if you're a Browns fan right now, you have got to be hyped. Like, your team literally was aggressive in free agency, addressed everything. We've hyped up the Browns throughout free agency on the previous episodes and how they are winners in this. This Jadavion Clowney signing is great. Um, you're going to get somebody great off the edge to compliment Miles Garrett on the other side. Not to mention you have great interior tackles too that will also make a difference. Like that front four is going to be really good. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that Jada- people give Jadavion Clowney, they just automatically ugh, automatically label him as a pass rusher when really he's been a better run stopper his yeah, whole career. That's what, that's what he is. He's a run stopper. He's been a way better run stopper. Than a pass rusher. And I think that, you know, people just think, you know, people that don't really hone into football like that would just think, like, if you're coming off the edge, you're immediately a pass rusher 
or whatever. There's other things that you could do coming off the edge. You don't just have to be a, a pass rusher. Is not a solidified position. It's not. There's uh-huh. edge rushers. You could also stop the run too. It's not just stopping the quarterback. That's the goal. But there's also other things that tie into it. If you look at all of his grades, whether it's pro football focus or if you look at the numbers statistically wise, he's always been a better run stopper, mm-hmm. a better a better defender against the run. Um, I think that's great for the, the Browns because they already have someone that's elite in pass rushing with Miles Garrett. So I just think that this is just the perfect complimentary piece. Let, let me tell you what would be perfect for, for the Browns. If the Browns get JOK, the linebacker, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't pronounce the name. I'm not going to mess it up. Jeremiah something. Nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. try. I, I don't if even know. If they could get him on draft night, this might be the greatest free agency I've ever witnessed from a team. It might just be. They addressed everything. You find everything. Linebacker is their last one spot where I would be like, go, go get one there. If they get JOK in the first round, the Browns offseason may be the one of the greatest I've ever seen because they addressed, they went, they knew what they needed and they addressed everything they needed. This team is a threat. They are it a threat. Is, this isn't the Browns they didn't even, anymore. They didn't even do anything offensively. They don't need to do anything offensively. No, they, got, they had the offense. Yeah, they, they did everything. And their defense and, was and okay. And Odell is coming back. So that's like a plus for you. It is. Yep. So they got John Johnson from LA. They got mm-hmm. Troy Hill from LA. Mm-hmm. Both. One, a safety, one being a cornerback. Amazing, amazing, amazing pickups. Mm-hmm. Tack McKinley from Atlanta. Yep. Um, another, someone that can come off the edge as well. So that's a yep. good rotational piece for a clowny. Yeah, um, and then from, this is a veteran, but they got from the Colts, Anthony Walker, a linebacker, which helps the linebacker room a lot. Yeah, it's always nice to have depth. Yeah, I like I like that piece. They got him, and then they have, I can't remember the other cat, and then they got um, Taki Taki. So I think that... This and their secondary. Don't even get me, st- bro. Greedy Williams, Denzel, Denzel Ward, Ward, Grant like, Delpit, who didn't they, even who played on that 2019 LSU, LSU championship team that didn't even get a chance to play last season because he got hurt in the offseason with a torn ACL, I believe. They getting all their secondary pieces back. They got more in their secondary. This Browns team, <laughs> they're is not missing anything. Legit. Maybe it's legit. one piece. That's yeah, it. Maybe that's what I'm linebacker. Get this linebacker. This team, I saw, so I saw real quick on first take this morning that Stephen A. said that he thinks the Browns aren't going to be better than he's the Steelers. He's a Steelers head. That's why he said he's a Steelers, Steelers fan. And then someone said the Ravens. The Browns are better than both of those teams. The Browns are going to win that division. And I, I, I'd, I'd go to the casino and put some money down on that. This Browns team, I think people are still underrating them because we're so used to the Browns being the Browns. This nah. isn't that team. You they got every piece. Division. They got every piece on the field, and then one of the best coaches, young coaches in the league too, with a front office that shows you they can be aggressive. This is this is it. This is this is their time to go make that run. You need, bro, Baker, Baker. If Baker can take that next step, and I think he can, bro. I, think I really so too. think Stefanski is is literally the Sean McVay for Baker, bro. I yeah, I, bro. He's been making it. He knows where Baker thrives in. He knows what plays to write up for him. He knows. He just he knows. And we saw that last year. And anybody who thinks, like, even if you look at all the divisional games that the Raven, that the the Browns played against their rivals, against the teams that they that others on first take think that they're better than, mm-hmm. when they, that Monday night showdown against the Ravens. Close game, and the like, and the, it looked the, like they looked like the Browns game to win, did it not? Yes, and the Ravens were more um, desperate for that win than the Browns because they 
they had lost um, a couple games in a row. I think Lamar Jackson was just coming back or a week or two. Uh, just From know, COVID, he back. had COVID, yeah. right? Um, so they, they were desperate for that game. And, yeah, they ended up winning it, but the Ravens stood in place this offseason, and Pittsburgh stepped backwards. The Browns took major steps forward. And and I think the Browns are really a sleeper uh, Super Bowl contender. I I already put them in the top three teams in the AFC. In I agree. I, I think they're up there with the Chiefs and Bills. I think yeah, it goes definitely. It's, it's Chiefs, Bills, Browns as my top three in, in the AFC. And I can see any one of them. Uh, Even when they went against the Chiefs, I know Patrick Mahomes went down in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, but they but were still in it. They were still yeah. in it. You got to think about that fumble through the end zone that took away points from them. So they yep. were there. And and that was with their defense being a little suspect. It was still decent, but it wasn't what it's going to be, I think, this coming year. Oh, it's going to be much better. And, oh. and plus, not only that, so they can play defense, but they can also hit you down the field with Odell and then Jarvis. They have tight ends that can, that can catch the ball. They can do a two-tight end set if they want to. Yep. yep. And then, not to mention, they can control the clock with two of the best running backs in the league. And this, they got the best RB tandem in the league, too. This yep, team yep, 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 is yep. complete as it gets. I don't think there's too many better rosters from top to bottom. Than the Cleveland Browns. Barring injury, bro, they're there. I mean, you didn't think you'd be saying that two years ago. No, but no, 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 no. It took time. I mean, it took time, but they've been so aggressive. I have to huge shout out to Andrew Barry, uh, front office. I got a clap black man. Shout out to the Browns, man. Shout out to the Browns. They, they, they making points, and I cannot wait until the season starts. And I hope that they don't disappoint. But I, I just don't think that they can. Like barring injury, I don't see any anybody stopping this team. I don't know what their their strength of schedule is. I don't know who the the AFC North plays as far as like out of the conference. I don't know. But oh my god, I'm sorry. I had to I had to say this real quick. There was a there was a, a, a Bleacher Report gridiron came out with um, oh whose career would you rather have? Julian Edelman or Calvin Johnson? Dude, what? Yeah, we, we let's just move on. We don't need to mention stupid. Dude, what? So that was. Oh, oh they play the NFC North. Man, the AFC West. The NFC North and the AFC West. Oh, they can sweep both those divisions. I mean, oh, Packers Browns, bro. That's that's a goodie. That's a goodie. It's in Lambeau. Yeah. Well, yeah, so so they'll lose that one, but it's okay. They just got to win the other ones. They, they can sweep the rest of the NFC North. They could beat the Packers, bro. They, it depends they, on how they their won't, defense is. They, what defense can stop the, the Packers? I know one. Tell me. Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Tampa Bay had one good week against them, and then the next time they put up Two what, good weeks. The Packers put up 400-plus yards on them, Chris. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. I guess. That's not I a guess. good defensive week. Give it up. That was just po- that was just them kicking the field goal when they were right there at the end zone. That- well, I mean, you could – yeah, you could argue that maybe they could have got a touchdown out of it. But 400-plus yards. You got the and- best quarterback under center and you want to kick a field goal? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that that was dumb. But I'm saying, like, that's not a stop. If my team put up 26 points per game with 400 yards per game, I'd feel pretty good every week about my chances as long as my defense is somewhat decent. And we'll see about that. Give the football team 26 points per game and, and 400 yards on offense. Oh, that's 12 wins. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we got the draft coming up in exactly two weeks. Um, 
Justin Fields had his second pro day yesterday. Um, for those that weren't in attendance, that 49ers and the Patriots, they were at Mac Jones's pro day, Justin Fields' first time around. This pro day was not televised. However, you know, clips came out on social media, um, and the 49ers were there, and there's a video and a picture of him real Akikiki and with uh, Kyle Shanahan. So what do the 49ers do at three, man? Do they, you know, most most of these analysts, and mock draft specialists are on here on TV saying that Mac Jones is, you know, the shoe in for it. Yesterday I was watching NFL Live and somebody said that if Justin Fields is taken at three, it'll be a big shocker. So I'm just, Justin Fields, his stock has been going up and down and up and down. It's been up and then all of a sudden, I don't know, after the, and it's crazy because it's like what has been shown to the people that his stock has gone down? Because if, during the season and during the playoffs and during the chance, like, you know, the college football, he, he was the next best right after Trevor Lawrence. And then all of a sudden the season's over. He's not playing. You don't even see him. And his stock is just getting lower and lower. So. San Fran. What do you see the 49ers doing? Please take Mac Jones. I'd love your organization. He, just so take the bias. Much. Take the bias out of it. Just if take you the bias. Mac Jones, that helped me so much, and I'd appreciate you for the rest of time. You shouldn't take him, but I hope you do. I'd take Trey Lance and Justin Fields over Mac Jones, but that's just me. I mean, I'm so I know a lot of these guys. They're doing film, so I I I respect their opinions, of course. But mm. I'm just after seeing. You're, I'm a Washington fan, so I've been. I had to watch Dwayne Haskins play. I've had to watch a lot of immobile guys in the backfield ever since RG three. And boy, can I say that one year of RG three was it was everything. I, I just like having a, a guy who can get out of trouble, because um, that's what the game is is, is um, migrating to. Think about it. Think about the top five. Every one of your top five can move. Everyone. So are you I mean, talking to me or the people? Because most people will have Brady in their top I'm, five. Okay, well, for the outliers, that Brady, still, five, okay. So let's say five of your top six ha- can move, or five of your top seven. The game is changing towards quarterbacks who can get out the pocket and throw on the run. I don't like guys who have to be stationary. And Mac Jones just kind of seems like the guy, like, yeah, he'll hit the open throw, but. When he's under pressure or he's got to throw it to a tight window, I didn't really see any of that at Alabama because the team was so far superior to all the other teams that they played. So I don't really I don't really know what to think of him. And Trey Lance is obviously a question mark because he hasn't played that many games. But I, I think I think I think Justin Fields is the, the right choice. But I'd like you guys to take Mac Jones. Please do it for me. You're being you did not answer the question at all. 49ers at three. You take you take Justin that's Fields. That's what I'm saying. I just said they should take Justin Fields, but I want them to take Mac Jones. But your whole argument was. I was my whole argument Washington was no mobile quarterback. My whole <laughs> my whole argument was why they should take a mobile quarterback, and Justin Fields is mobile. I'm saying granted, even if Kyle Shanahan does has never worked with a mobile quarterback. I'm saying, well, he's going to have to adjust because that's what the league is moving towards. Look at, like I said, look at the I top. Agree. Look I at agree. five of your top six, or in our case, all everyone in both of our top fives can move. So it's like, that's if that's what the game is going towards. It's no longer stationary, stand in the pocket passer. People need to be able to get out. You need When that pocket collapse, go make a special play. That's what you need. Justin Fields can do it. Matt Jones can't. That's why I would take Justin Fields. Does that answer your question? 
Yeah. There Thanks. you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. 49ers at three. I mean, I would take the obvious choice, but who knows? The draft is it's it, it can go either way. We won't know until the card is filled out and the commissioner's on stage. So we'll know. We don't know. And we'll find out in two weeks. But um, we have a lot of trade ups and trade downs. And, dude, I can't wait to do our mock drafts next week on the show. Me too. Um, me too. Me too. But just real quick before we close out and uh, I want to talk about it, some trade-ups and trade-down scenarios. Got a couple teams here. Okay. That uh, would be smart to trade up, you know. And, and, and these teams, all of these teams, I mean, they're all trading up. Not to get a Kyle Pitts, not to get a Devontae Smith, not to get a Jamar Chase, but to get a quarterback. I mean, this this – draft is most of these teams are quarterback hungry and that's why all four of these guys may potentially go in the top 10 um i'm gonna throw out a team you can throw out a team because i know we'll probably have the same ones um obviously the bears um but i do want to say something that's really interesting about the bears the bears were not at justin fields pro day i don't know if they attended any of the qb's pro days actually is false they were there actually this now, at the second one? Yes, they were. Now Matt Nagy might not have been there. Ryan Pace was there. They had someone and there was um representatives from the Bears were there, yes. Are you oh, okay. And, I guess my sources were wrong, but I know Ryan Pace or Nagy was not there, so yeah, I guess no, that's yeah, more no, so. They where might not I was have been there. At. They said there was teams they said teams like scout position, not not Nagy or Pace. Oh, is, well, that's what I'm saying. Pace, and, and those are the two key factors for me. When you have John Lynch and, and Shanahan at these pro days, that means you're serious. Mm-hmm. You send a scout, it's like, okay, like a, it's a scout. Well, a scout for is, me, they, they, well, I mean, they're not in the spot that Kyle Shanahan and, and what's name are in. And, uh, John but Lynch. If, if they wanted to, Chicago yeah, could saying. trade they up. They could trade up, and that's what I'm saying. So you send scouts to say, well, if the scouts come back and say, oh, this kid's a once in a generation, you got to get them. They would you don't want to see for your own eyes? It's very questionable. It it's is very questionable. But they so sent represent, uh, representatives. Maybe they maybe they're not that high on Justin Fields. That might be what it is. So they just sent somebody to go just to go. But yeah. But about you, the Bears situation, I wouldn't want to get drafted to the Bears, and I feel bad for any QB that does get drafted there, um, unless you're Trevor Lawrence and or Zach Wilson. When you know you're going, you're not going to the greatest situation. But all these, all, every other quarterback. After those two, I don't think Lance is ready to start day one. I don't think Jones is ready to start day one. And I'm not really even sure Justin is. But if he is, you know, the, the Bears are in a situation where, yeah, they got Andy Dalton. But it's only going to be, what, three, four weeks before the fans start saying, get the rookie and get the rookie. And I've, I've experienced this. It's, it's, you're not going to want to watch Andy Dalton lead your team for mm-hmm. a long time, especially not if you lose the games. You're going to be like, what does the rookie have? Let's see what the rookie has. So... I, I I wouldn't want them to go there unless they're ready to start day one because they're probably going to have to start within the first month and a half. But if you say the Bears are going to trade up, I would say the Patriots are also a team that could that could be interested in trading up because yeah. you, you guys know I'm not a Cam Newton guy, and, I mean, I just don't think Cam Newton has But even it. if you aren't, even if you are, I'm a Cam Newton guy, but the Patriots don't have a long-term answer for quarterback. So, or, or short-term, in my opinion. Can you? Mm. I don't, I just don't think he's. I don't think he's mm. good anymore. And mm. so I was. I would say save. You never thought about, he was good, but whatever. No, that's not. That's that. not true. When he was we MVP, he was a good that. player, but 
But now, you know, now Cam's washed, washed Cam. So Cam needs to take a seat, and you need to bring somebody else in who can who can step in, a.k.a. one of these quarterbacks. The Patriots are at a, at a, a, a tricky spot. 15, Mac Jones could end up being there at 15, where you don't have to trade up. You can stay put and get him. It depends on how desperate these teams are. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't see. There's four of the quarterbacks are going to go top 10, but I don't think five of them go top 10. So no. you, the Patriots had a spot where who is 10? 10 is Dallas, 11 is New York, 12 is 12 Philly. 12 is Philadelphia, and then, I, and then you have, I don't know who's 13. The Chargers. But, and then the Vikings. None of yeah. those teams are really getting a quarterback. So you can really sit there. Whatever. Unless Philadelphia is dumb and they just do something dumb. Which I could see Philadelphia doing something like that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they don't. So 10 through 14 have no interest in quarterbacks, presumably. Like, you assume that they have none. So you're going to be able to get one of the five if you want them at 15. Unless somebody trades up past you to get them, a.k.a. the Bears or the foot or mm, the Bears. If one of those teams <laughs> trade up, to, yeah, because I don't want to put out there, but if one of those teams trade up, that's the only way. So if you sit at 15, you get Mike Jones, you sit up behind Cam Newton for a couple months, that's a win for you because you don't have to give up any assets. I know you want to talk about the football team. You you already kind of dibble-dabbled it in there a little earlier, so we're not going to reiterate. But, you know, a report did come out that it is possible if somebody is there that you guys could possibly trade up. If and somebody's get somebody. there at 7 or 8. Dude, stop smiling. It's like I'm not happy. happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy because even if we don't get a QB – at least it lets me know Ron is thinking. We know, we know, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the long term answer, and I don't think Taylor Heineke is. Even, Dude, so so we. This cat, Kellen Mo- Kellen Mond. I know. I don't. I mean, I think he's from Texas A and M. He he's, is, he's but gonna, we don't want anybody past round two, like, cause nobody like that ever works out. Oh really? Yeah, I knew. I was giving you a segue to. Uh, I was about to say, don't, don't, because I'll plug my guy. I'll yeah, plug I know. Him. He's the sixth best quarterback in the league. What a, don't that's do a that. good thing for him. Fifth. Yeah, you know, that is Whatever. Nice. But anyway, so that concludes. Is there anything else you want to add before I close this out? Uh, the football team's going to win the NFC East, but that's that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, well, I'm so this week week, there was no top five Fridays. We are taking a break. We are not we're not trying to um, oversaturate on top five Fridays. So we'll come back with that hot next week off the press. Um, We got mock drafts next week that we're really excited about. And then, of course, the week after is a draft and we'll be reporting live from the draft and commentating as it's actually happening. So it'll be happening. It'll be really, really fun. We can't wait to enjoy it with you guys. So um, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Points Made Podcast. This is episode seven. Um, We had a lot. It was jam-packed. You know, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you're not, if you know, if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back and listening to us. Um, Follow our Instagram page at Points Made Pod. We're going to be posting Amir's Power Rankings on there um, in a couple of days. And then, you know, let us know if you hate it, you like it, you love it. There's a lot of sports coming up in these next couple of days. So whatever we don't catch, we're going to talk about it next week. Partner, you got anything to say to the people? Thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. This is Points Made Podcast. Where what? Points are made. Yes, sir. And we out of here. Deuces. And wear a mask, yo. Wear a mask, please. (laughs) I'm trying to go to an NFL game next season. All right, bye.
We out. All right, bye. Bye.